friends, welcome. This is it. We have over a decade of episodes unpacking stories and life to help you discover your purpose, your divine design, and what you are wired to do. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt. Please subscribe on YouTube or subscribe to Girlfriend It so we can be in it together. All right, welcome to Girlfriend It. This is Patty Wyatt, and I will be your host today as we talk about launching your kids without losing your mind. Uh, I recently went on a walk with a mom who has six kids from the ages of two all the way to 18. And she just launched her son out into the adult world, uh, actually into another country. And she said, I would love to glean some good advice on how to do this launch thing in a healthy way. And I'm not sure if my advice that I gave her, my good friend, big shout out to uh, Melinda, I don't know if it was sticky enough, but today we have an expert on this very topic, Brenda Yoder, who is a former teacher, counselor, blogger, and author. Her latest book, Launching Your Kids Without Losing Your Mind, uh, that is, is just something we really want to dive in here. So welcome, Brenda. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, Brenda, you have been featured in Chicken Soup for the Soul books, as well as the Washington Post. Uh, You wrote a book for busy moms called Balance Busyness and Not Doing It All. Uh, And now your your latest, uh, you have a personal handbook for parents in the season of raising and releasing your kids. So first of all, we want to hear your it. And you you actually have four children ranging from college to adults. And so what was your nudge or your calling to make this happen? Um, To make the book happen or to watch all my kids? Yeah, so talk about this topic because um, obviously you you have it down now (laughs) with four kids. So um, a publisher reached out to me asking me to write a parenting book for them, and I and it was I was writing between my um, between when my third one was going to be going to college um, and my fourth one then would have been home by himself. And I said, you know, I'd really love to write a book on the season that I'm in because. I really needed help and support because um, I had launched two already. I still had two who were at home and there was nothing out there for someone in the stage of life before you're an empty nester, but also when you're in between the full house and the empty nest. And so I pitched the idea and it resonated with them. And so I wrote Fledge, launching your kids without losing your mind. And it has been resonating um, with moms. I continually to hear from them. Um, and, it, and it's been a great encouragement to see how um, how much of the book has resonated, not only for how to really release your kids, but also how to minister to being a mom in the season before you're an empty nester. Mm. Uh, a couple of things I, I want to to say there, and one of them is just the the statistics that are out. You know, in 2016. A third of the young adults ages 25 to 29 were living in multi-generational households, um, typically with their parents. But now it's over half of adults in their 20s um, that are living and still receiving financial support from 
from their parents living at home. So I, I just want to address that. Though. Hopefully we're going to come up with some tips today to help you and and giving your kids those, um, the, helping them with their, their choices, the decision-making, helping them um, become more independent as they go out. But also a dear friend of both of ours, Kim Mishler, a big shout out to you. Uh, you actually um, have on a, a Facebook page and she shared on there about you know, contemplating this time of year, you know, kids are graduating, they're, they're getting out of college, some of them, so, well, some of them are getting out of high school, and they're going into college, or, you know, we're at a time where we're launching these, you know, these babies that we've always had control over, and she writes, I can't help but remember those mamas who are launching their children in very unexpected ways. Mm-hmm. And many moms that are experiencing difficult circumstances with their children, they would give anything to drive them to college and say goodbye, knowing their child is making good choices, you know, has a bright future ahead, stays in a relationship with their parents. And it's not that easy for those families that are suffering through these difficult times silently, you know, blaming themselves for what went wrong for their child's choices. And so if if you're in that place of uncertainty and great despair, just know you are not alone. And, uh, you know, contact us, even if it's just a special prayer for your, you know, I hate to say prodigal child, but that's that's the way we all know exactly what we're talking about here. Um, because she's so right in addressing that. Um, we're, we're over here complaining of, oh, wow, we have to bring our kids to college, or oh, wow, they're going into the workforce. And some are are dealing with a much deeper pain. For Yeah, that is um, very true. And I have several chapters in Fledge um, concerning those topics. Um, be, in fact, one is titled, um, one chapter is titled Beyond the Picture Perfect Image. Because um, as we talked on our last episode, we kind of have these ideas of what life should look like at certain stages. And um, the reality is, is that once truly releasing your kids means we release them into their own life and we take an element of our hands off as um, controlling them. And um, there's pain in having adult kids. There's pain in watching your young adults flounder and struggle. But the word fledge means for strong, for a bird to develop strong wing feathers that are ready to fly for flight. And Mm -hmm. I use the term, um, don't steal the struggle, um, actually in both books that I've, that I've written. And it's a term that we use in the world of education, um, as a school counselor is, um, when we steal the struggle from our kids, we actually rob them of what God is wanting to do in their life for them to really um, learn, learn from their mistakes, learn from their choices. And, um, there's a fine line for a lot of parents between enabling and codependency and entitlement of where we don't have, we struggle with our own pain of what we think life should be like, um, rather than accepting that, our children aren't following the path that we would desire for them right now. Mm. And, um, but in that right now, it also means that their life isn't over. 
just because that child isn't doing X, Y, Z that we really would hope are the expectations for an 18 or 20 or 22 year old doesn't mean that they aren't going to um, or can't be healthy and thriving in, um, in their life in a way that looks different than what we would hope it would be. Mm. So, so true. Uh, and, and it is hard as a parent. And I've had to catch myself um, several times with that. I know, you know, let's take even tithing as an example. When our kids were younger, remember that little piggy bank that would have, I forget what ministry it wasn't, it might've been crown ministry, but you could put like 10% into the savings and then 10% into your tithing. And, you know, you would, it would have this, these little, you know, slots that you could put your money in. And that's just what we, we did with our kids. And then as they got to 18, you can't go, okay, now are you still tithing? I mean, you can, you can ask them those questions, but uh, you know, like you said in, a, in an earlier episode, we get to where we start shaming um, as Christians because it's like, OK, this is the formula you're supposed to be following. And at some point they're old enough to make these decisions. And I know uh, even for college and for a wedding with our kids, I you know, my, my husband and I both we gave them a certain amount of money and it was like you can do what you would like with this, you know, spend it, use it on, uh, you know, if you want to buy a $10,000 cake, buy a $10,000 cake, or you can buy, you know, put it into, you know, a mortgage, you can save it, spend it, use it, waste it, you know, elope with it, keep it, whatever you want. And they happen to make really good decisions with that. But I had another friend that use that same system and they did not make good decisions with that college money. And now they're back trying to get more help from their parents. And so it's easy to go, no, you gave them that money. They, they made the wrong choice and you have to stand firm. <laughs> you know, it's really easy to go, they have consequences. And it's like, this is my child that I love and adore. And it might not work for every single parent, but we can follow the formula as much as we, we possibly can. Yeah. And I think, I think just kind of understanding that they're really like, once they, I, I use the, the benchmark, once they cross the graduation stage, um, they really are adults and they really have to find their way and they really have to, um, we have to take ourselves out of that role of parenting as we did when they were minors, when they were dependent upon us because developmentally they weren't capable to make, um, you know, to really function on their own. And I think um, as parents, we can actually learn a lot from prior generations of parents who, um, who, who did a really nice dance with their kids in um, releasing them into adulthood while kind of knowing boundaries that have really become blurred, I think, in, in most recent generations. I think, um, I think we have to really step back and look at each individual child and know that, you know, maybe for one 19-year-old, they need a little bit um, more space from mom and dad than their sibling when they were 19. Some mm -hmm. kids are more independent, but at the same time, 
the goal for a child to pledge, the goal for a child when they um, when they are of age of high school graduation is independence and autonomy. Like that's how God has wired us. God did not wire us to, oh, I'm 18 and somehow I don't have the capacity to be independent and autonomous. Um, no, God really created kids to be independent and autonomous and they want that independent and autonomy. And I, I per, personally have counseled uh, many, many dozens and dozens of young adults as a private therapist. And I also taught high schoolers. I taught juniors and seniors and was senior class sponsor when I was a teacher. So I've heard from multiple teens, including my own and young adults, of the desire of, of their mom, especially to just like, my mom needs to give me space. Like she doesn't, she doesn't treat me as an adult. She still is trying to constantly tell me what to do. And, um, and we as moms have a hard time maybe realizing that we really do need to step back and honor our child's independence and autonomy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting too, because I read an amazing article talking about that the reason why we do try to control our kids, I mean, it's hard because you've controlled them as they're an infant. And then then you have to release some of that, like you said, and give them autonomy, especially letting them fail. Uh, don't steal that opportunity from them. But a lot of that is driven by the fear of that they will make wrong decisions that will also make us look bad. Oh, of and course. That was so interesting to me because I really did. And, you know, sometimes I read that, but I don't look at my own life and go, yeah, what part is just this image for me that when my kid talks about, oh, they went out and they drank that I'm like, don't tell anyone that, (laughs) you know, please keep that just between you and I, you know, we, we don't want um, other people to see that our our children are making those those choices. And once again, it it's driven by fear of maybe not necessarily that they're making the wrong decision, but it's our image and our ego. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. In fact, in our in our prior conversation um, about life beyond the picket fence, um, you know, not living the storybook image, those two concepts that you just talked about tie right into those are tied so closely together. So much of our parenting really is motivated by, oh, if people, we, we really don't want people to know what happens behind closed doors. We really don't want, you know, because what are they going to think of me? And I think when we can be more honest with ourselves and each other and even our kids, um, our kids are going to mess up. Why? Because we were, we messed up. And I think. When well, we I didn't, the- Brenda, but that's okay if you want to admit that you did. <laughs> um, Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was going to say I think that the more authentic we can we can be about life and our kids we help one another out because Absolutely. Our, our our kids and our adults will make decisions that we may not agree with. They may have, choose lifestyles we don't agree with. They may parent in a way. You know, I'm a grandparent now um, with two beautiful new grandbabies and perhaps my kids are going to parent in a way that's different. Um but but if we I talk in Fledge about the difference between relationship parenting and performance parenting. And when we tie our relationship with our kids or our control in their life based on performance, based on if you do this, then I approve of you. But if you don't do this, then I disapprove of you. And a lot of it is driven by our own fears of what people will think of us or our kids. 
And rather than having a relationship with our child, that's more important than what other people think. So that when our children, um, mess up or when our children make choices and it's might be embarrassing. Um, but we don't shame them. We still love them even though we're disappointed. And that's part of an authentic relationship with our kids as they get older is to say, I love you no matter what. I'm disappointed that you're choosing that. And it may even hurt, um, but I still love you. And I'm still, um, I think at the end of the day, our kids want to know that we always, we I mean, if your parent, think about it this way, if our parents aren't in our corner, even when we mess up, then what does that say about who we are and our value? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, I think, too, with that on being uh, an authentic parent is going to them. I know, um, especially now that my kids are adults, each one of them I have just, you know, in casual conversation have shared, you know, I want to apologize for some of the things I've done as your parent. And is there anything I need to ask for forgiveness for? Because, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes we're not even aware of that. And I had amazing parents. Um, But there are a few things now that they're, they're no longer here. And I would have loved to have sat down and said, what what was going on with this? You know, why, why did you never come to me and explain this part of, you know, so I want to make sure that I am doing that with my, my own kids to go, you know, if I was letting my ego or my image get in the way, especially when you're in ministry, uh, you, it, there is a little bit more of that, that even though I wasn't aware of, oh, Hey, don't, don't mess up my image here because you're going to be, um, it, you know, it's going to help others to struggle. You know, we, we get caught up in that, that verse. If it's a stumbling block, you know, don't let others stumble, you know, because of your, the way that you are parenting. And so going to them and apologizing if you did some of that. Yeah. And then, and that's exactly, I shared in the last episode, um, I struggled with being a reactionary parent and I struggled with having a lot of anger Um, And I had to face that. I had to stop that. And that was part of that process was I had to ask for forgiveness for my kids. And then I had to walk out something different. And, um, you know, honestly, um, some of my kids carry some of that um, pain of having a a mom who was reactionary for a long period of time. And um, I think part of the hard thing of fledging our kids is that we do we do have to face things, whether we have intentionally or unintentionally hurt our kids. Um, we have to be humble enough to be able to say, wow, I'm sorry. I did the best I could with what I knew at the time. And um, that that really is the grace we also have to give to ourselves. For myself, I could, I could um, carry guilt and shame for being reactionary and for being, um, for having a parent who really struggled with anger. Um, I could carry that shame or I can say, um, I addressed it. I dealt with it. Um, I've asked for forgiveness. I'm turning and walking in a different way. I'm allowing the Holy spirit to transform me. But when I also have to realize that my, some of my children have wounds from that, I can't say, oh, you need to get over that because I'm at a different place. I have to walk in humility to be able to say, I understand that. I'm sorry. 
and not try to explain. I think that's the other thing. I think we, we as parents can try to explain where we are at age 40 or 50, expecting our 20 or 20 year olds or teens to understand when they need that grace and space to be able to be angry or to be upset or to forge their own way. Um, and it's a messy, it's a dance. It's not, it's not a formula. It really is a dance and the dance looks different with each child in each situation. So would you share some of that, that dance? Um, I, I love what you said, you know, walking in humility, because we might go to them and say, I want to apologize. And then they give us even more information than we want to hear more feedback, mm-hmm. more redirective, critical ways of what we did something. And mm-hmm. you're like, no, 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 no. I'm apologizing. We don't have to bring that stuff up. So how, what does that look like? Um, just in, in your, your dance? Yeah, I think um, in part of my dance, this looks a lot of different ways. And one way is that when my child is learning, you know, I'm a big proponent of boundaries, of healthy boundaries. Um, And so if my child has particular boundaries to say, you know, mom concerning this topic, I really don't want your input um, to respect those boundaries or to be able to say, um, mom, I, I know that you are doing something different now and that's good, but I have to work through um, my own hurt and to be able to say, I, you're, 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 you're fine with that. I mean, I'm fine with that to be able to say, no, I respect that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I think for ourselves, we, you know, I mean, if we as moms have to go to, to counseling or coaching to work through our own hurt, then do that. Um, mm-hmm. If we as moms or parents need to um, need to um, understand that God is at work in our child's life. And I think that's the bottom line. There have been many times where I have just been in prayer um, with heavy tears over the passage where God is asking um, Abraham to lay Isaac down on the altar. And I think that's just the bottom line is giving up control of our children and our relationship with them and their own story and help and allowing them to navigate their own lives is truly physically and emotionally and spiritually laying our children at the feet of Jesus and saying, Lord, I surrender them to you, trusting that you are going to provide in their life, trusting that you are going to heal this relationship that right now feels really strained or it feels even, you know, I know that there are many parents who are experiencing estrangement where their kids for a season may literally cut them off. Mm-hmm. And these, these are parents who have said, but I did everything for my child. In fact, I read a recent statistic that said um, the largest group of, of people who are estranged from their children are the ones who, who really were most invested in their lives. And in some ways that's telling and kids saying, I need space from you. And somehow mom and dads, we have got to respect the space that our children create, Mm -hmm. um, even in relation with our relationship to them. If we want a relationship with our children over a lifetime, we have to respect their boundaries while they are figuring out their own path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love the, the visual of that, Brenda, laying our kids at the feet of Jesus. And yet, some of those parents that are doing that, I know I've had the same where they come to you going, okay, 
you know, God's promised me if I raised him this way, they'll come back. And so address that because that that actually is not a promise. <laughs> it's it's something that's in scripture, but God is not promising that. So at some point you do have to open up your hands and and be Abraham and lay them, you know, at the altar and go, it, you you love them more than I do. Mm-hmm. Um and release. So what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, my thoughts are is that are that um, our children have a lifetime, like they're growing for a lifetime, and I think we as parents really do a disservice when we put these expectations to say by age twenty five you need to have X Y Z figured out, or by the age of forty you need to have X Y Z figured out. No, like we truly need to release our children to the Lord for a lifetime. We yeah. don't. We don't. I mean, if we look back on our own life, how many of us had everything put together in our twenties? How many of us knew exactly what we were doing when we were raising our kids? We didn't. Yeah, at 50, we know a lot more and we're much wiser. And our kids have got to explore those things too. Mm-hmm. So I so I continually tell parents that I work with as, um, as a therapist um, and as a coach, and even now I work as a school counselor with um, the families I work with, is um, your child your child has a lifetime to choose Jesus. Your child has a lifetime to um, to be at the places where God desires them to be. And unfortunately, as a parent, what that includes is that we have to watch them struggle. And that's what feels so disarming because we don't have control over them anymore once they are um, young adults and adults. Mm-hmm. But what we do have, and I use the visual image in Fledge of releasing our children into the hand of God, um, but that leaves us with our hands open to receive from him what we can't receive if we're holding so tightly onto con- onto control. And um, I know for myself, I've walked through some very hard times with my kids um, that are personal to them. So it's not anything I'm, I, um, I will share. But as I have walked through hard times with my kids, um, as they become um, adults, is that uh, I can trust the Lord with them. That's one thing that I know 100%. And one of my kids um, has been a missionary in has lived um, in Mexico and Guatemala for um, for several years, and um, and I have learned physically that I have to physically and emotionally and spiritually trust my child to the Lord mm-hmm. when I have no idea what is going on in their life. I have no idea um, if they're going to choose Jesus. I have no idea. Um, really what's going on in their minds. And I have greater peace knowing that I can trust God with my kids than the anxiety and consternation I feel when I'm trying to manage and micromanage and control my child's life. Mm-hmm. Oh, Brenda, thank you for that story. And it's it's it has been an honor to have you on Girlfriend It today. We just want to thank you. And for those of you out there that are listening, think about your launch plan hug your kids, but also give them autonomy and give it over to the Lord. Release, release, release. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Girlfriend It because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.